Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge <laughs> world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we're smashing our way to success one particle at a time in Quirky Quarks. Next up, we see a chance for glory amid the wreckage of a Siberian meteor strike in Expeditions. And lastly, we find out just how wobbly outer space can be <laughs> in Balancing Aliens. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, let's game. And Mike Grenier. Pew, 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 pew. Our first game up this week is Quirky Quarks, designed by Jeremy Ramsey, published by Quirky Quarks Sarl in 2023. Number of players, two to four, ages 14 and up, playing time, 30 to 60 minutes. Mikey, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows a preponderance of perky, playful, and pissed off particles careening and crashing through the blackness of inner space. Inside, we discover 77 elementary particle cards, 43 quest cards, 50 energy tokens, 10 bid tokens, 2 tracking cubes, 4 researcher pawns, a research board, 2 quick reference cards, 4 player aids, and a starting physicist token. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game was smashing, Evan, <laughs> speed up those rules! Woohoo! Quirky <laughs> Quarks! A set collection card game where players bid against one another to obtain elemental particle cards. These cards allow the players to complete quests while developing powerful abilities. Players bid to do research at the five particle accelerators. Electron volts are the currency used to make bids. When you win a bid, you collect all the cards in that particular accelerator. Some cards you win are the particles, while other cards are the quests. Collect specific sets of the particle cards to complete the quests and earn victory points. After the auction, players will each eject a card from their hand, forming a new set of cards in which players will once again bid and try to perhaps claim that one elusive particle or quest that they desperately mm. need. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You do this for five rounds, you add up the points for completed quests, most victory points wins, and as Sherlock said to Watson, it's elementary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we play this game on Board Game Arena. Mm -hmm. How did you like the look of it? Fine. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's I, a good looking game, fine. I think, either way, in person or, or online. Yeah. yeah. The art has a nice mix of being sciencey with smiley. Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> little yeah. cute bouncing particles and stuff. I like that. Yeah, add a little life to, mm -hmm. uh, to the what is uh, usually a very dry topic. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. I really liked the pictures of the colliders. So mm. they have a little tiny image of each what each real life collider looks like that you're going to be bidding for. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I had no idea of the shapes of the colliders. Yeah. So I, I mean, actually... I knew the LHC. I knew the LHC because my son has done several reports on it, but um, I didn't know the shape of any of the other ones. Yeah, I learned about two new ones I didn't even I hadn't even heard of before. Right. Yeah, the ESRF in France and the Super KEKB in Japan. I did not know they even existed. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. We definitely yeah, really cool. learned something. 
<laughs> if nothing else, yeah. we learned the shape and size of those colliders. You know, mm-hmm. they're working on a new collider now that is a hundred kilometers in circumference, or that's oh the plan anyway. Gosh. Wow, yeah. that's awesome! A super collider. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the collider? So they're building it. They're about ready to make the perfect circle meet, and they're off by like one meter. Or something. <laughs> 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 no! Oh Nightmare. my god! Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're working with calculations that are so <laughs> tiny that to mess up the calcu- the, the calculation of that by one millimeter, it would, would be a lot. Screw up the world. They bounce off a weird way. And oh. There's been a lot of people used to talk about that these things would destroy the world. Now there's like five or six of them. So. Yeah. Oh, the, so money, the money. The money of being wrong, of <sighs> being off. Oh, my gosh. All right. You are so- fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we bid for particles, and it mm-hmm. gets pretty uh, rough and tumble out there. So, Ed, mm, tell yeah. us, <laughs> Ed, <laughs> tell us about what type of game this is, and what are we doing in it? I mean, it, it is essentially set collection, trying to complete like your own little uh, quest that you can either start off with in your hand at the beginning of the game, or even you're bidding on somebody quest as well. Because the first, there's two types of auctions. The first auction is there's piles of cards at each of these uh, um, right. colliders. Yeah. And um, you bid to uh, take one of those piles. And some of these piles are going to be like, yeah, there's like five cards there. Of course I want to bid up that pile. And then Mikey will complain that why are you bidding on that pile when there's this other pile with fewer yeah. cards in it that you can <laughs> take. <laughs> right. So we're all trying to sort of, I mean, since table talk is totally allowed, we're all trying to mm. renegotiate, you know, negotiate oh, yeah. somebody going somewhere else so it doesn't get too expensive where we want to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It always uh, turns out that two people want the same thing and I'm always one of them, darn it. <laughs> well, I felt that to me it felt like the reason for that was sometimes a, a pile of cards would would just be universally valuable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while another one would be really niche. Yeah, yeah. They have bigger piles too. They're not all the exact same size. Mhm. And but so. it does allow for a little uh, well if if two piles have something you need in it. I mean, you might go, well, I mean, the one at five cards and I'm going to bid on. But if Mikey yeah. goes too high on it, well, A, I bid up Mikey on it. But then I'll switch over to this other thing for just one yeah. that mm-hmm. has at least, at least one of the things I need in it. And yeah, then Mikey will have paid five for the larger yeah, pot. But, right. yes. oh, but not getting everything you need is so painful it is. because of it how is. long it takes you. Which I guess is normal for the science field, right? Some <laughs> right. things you just you're stuck waiting for and waiting for. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's got to be agony. Yeah, and, and your bids are not like grim loser. At least like you don't lose everything you bid on everything. No. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But your bids come back slowly. You don't just start each round with the same amount of bids. Somebody could save up one round and then have a, a lot to like overpower anybody they yeah. want in the next round. I think an interesting part of the first round of bidding is that you can only rebid if you're losing mm-hmm. or, you know you currently don't have a, a winning bid so mm-hmm. if someone outbids you it kind of frees you up to go bid on a, either on that pile at a higher price right. or on one of the other lower ones that might have been ignored yeah yes. that's kind of nice <laughs> yeah it is so every we have to wait till everybody passes and then the bids are complete and then you take yeah. your cards yeah, you'll always get something. It's not like you'll go around and just not have enough to bid on something. You'll always get something every round. 
Well, there's at least uh, one more pile than the number of players. That's why there's always going to be um, an extra pile left over, which actually leads to the next auction. Because mm-hmm. once that pile <laughs> that didn't get selected by anybody kind of goes into the middle, mm-hmm. and then everybody has to discard something if they have too much. If they have too much wealth, it's kind of like a little bit of attack. You have over uh-huh. five cards. Now you got to discard and, and add yep. to the pile. Which now you got a collection of cards in the middle. And then you can say, well, I want that one. I'll yep. take it for one. And that is the second round of bidding where everybody's going, well, I want that for two. <laughs> no, no. How about three? You mm-hmm. really want it? Competitive yeah. bidding all for the same card as we go, mm-hmm. back, as we go for. Oh, but it, there, that, that's that one card in there that you really need. Yep. Ugh, that's you what it always is. You spend all your electron volt, which is your money, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. to grab that one. If you're yeah. savvy, you can actually kind of guess what somebody might discard so you're like well they'll mm-hmm. take that pile but they'll discard this off of it and i'll be able to get my hands on it in the next round of bidding mm-hmm. and then you gotta yeah so you gotta be you gotta try and get the cards you want but then you also have to be careful to get cards that will generate more um you know coins for later so that you can mm-hmm. bid higher later and that Ed was really good at getting his engine going early I know. and getting that production going because <laughs> I was not getting that piece. And that's just an that's just a new player thing. I I missed it. Like mm-hmm. thinking about thinking ahead, I was just like, ooh, these three particles will allow me to get this one card. And I mm-hmm. wasn't looking to see whether the card I wanted to get was going to produce more yeah. later. Right, well, you right. and Evan were good at like getting your hands on bids that were cheap, like not competing for the most part. Mm. Mm. But competing, yeah, but it's kind that... of a trap. <laughs> in yeah, a way, yeah. <laughs> in a way, it is because you do need those cards, and you have to do this early. You got to unlock those abilities for those uh, what are they called? quest cards um, mm-hmm. early on, so you can make use of them later. There's no point in going for those later when they're not going to be of use to you in the later yeah. rounds mm-hmm. or less use. Yeah, so you do really have to build um, with that in mind, and I think, like Celeste, I think I missed that fine point as well. Mm. Yeah, it's don't be afraid to bid high. You know, don't <laughs> yeah, be afraid because you, you need, need something. right when you need something that's going to help you produce more later. Yeah, sure, maybe Ed spent seven this round, but he's producing four next round, so it's not right. that big a deal. Yeah, or, or some of the quests allow you to get cars straight up. It counts as elements, like the glue. Glonium, yeah. you know, yeah, you get I love it. That. Now, yeah, you spent the two of those resources to get it, but now you're going to get one of those resources every round, and yeah, that yeah. could be the the key to leapfrogging into the next bigger quest. Yeah. Now you tell me. It kind of <laughs> reminds, reminds me of like any engine builder, or like even like Dominion, where you know you you have to know when to pull the trigger of getting raw points, like cards that are worth a lot of points, and quest cards that are like going to build your engine up. Mm. Speaking of a lot of points and raw points, did you think mm-hmm. the, the the point values for these cards, these quests that you complete, <laughs> I mean, they're crazy. The range is wild, you know, mm-hmm. three points here, five points there. Okay. Oh, wait, 52 points for yeah, that right. card? What? <laughs> exactly. 52? Yeah. Well, the- I mean, it is a second level quest, but still, it did yeah. seem crazy. And then the way to get them seemed crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. how, yeah. how you have to give up, up almost 30 points in order to get the yeah. right. 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 Uh, That's a tricky sequence of events. Yeah. yeah. I didn't love giving up points to get other points. Oh, that I wasn't is- doing it. 
<laughs> I was trying to cash in on a lot of like 14, like the highest value quest one cards are like 14, 15 points, and they don't require you sacrificing other points that you've already earned. So right. I was trying to stack up the highest of the easy low, low fruit cards. <laughs> okay, explorers, it is time to dig up or bury quirky quarks. What say you, Evan? Quirky Quarks, it's a really good set collection game, and it made good use of the auction mechanic. I thought the theme related very well to the gameplay, and there's a lot of replayability here. It's a solid science-themed card game, and hey, you're going to learn some fun facts about particle physics along the way, so <laughs> dig it up. Mike? You know, at its heart, it's kind of a another bidding set collection, build your engine, resource management type of game, which I already like. But then add in the cute little quarks and learning some science stuff. I got to dig this up. Ed? What do you know? The quarks are quirky. <laughs> but I love the science theme in here. And the gameplay is easy to follow while still bringing out the competition among us. So I'll dig this up to make some more science. Science. <laughs> yeah, the theme was nicely integrated into play. And I did get an inkling of the thrill of experiment-based discovery uh, with <laughs> these little particles. And that was exciting. So it is a solid, clean game. Dig it up. We want to know, have you ever been to a science center? Especially if you've been to a collider. We want to hear from you. Let us yeah. know. We are at Which Game First on social media. Hey guys, what's going on with Witch Game First? Well, as you know, on Monday evenings, Witch Game First, a board game podcast, owns the night at oh, 8 o'clock because we broadcast live. We play a game online for the world to see. Help us. Come discover with us as we explore these brand new games. 8 o'clock East Coast time, Monday nights, Witch Game First. We are live. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. And it's very interactive, by the way. We love mm -hmm. talking, chatting back and forth with you. We play trivia with you. So it's a game within a game. So much fun Monday nights. Yeah. Um, I just got a uh, Facebook message from one of our patrons that watches our uh, our show, our mm -hmm. uh, bonus points. Or not bonus. Well, yes, one of our patrons that watches our bonus points and uh they told me they're gonna be at pax unplugged when we go awesome. so we're gonna meet up and play i'm not gonna name their name just in case they're skipping work to go there but yeah. um <laughs> but um yep they're gonna meet up and play with them and if any of you guys out there are gonna be at pax unplugged let us know because we'll definitely meet up maybe play some games hang out talk shop whatever you want to do yeah, we might even be able to hear each other since it's hopefully a mask-free convention. <laughs> I think it is. So that yeah. would be exciting. That would be exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, we do want to thank our patrons for keeping the lights on over here. If you want to become a patron of this show, just go to our website, click on Become a Patron today. And for $3 a month, you'll get access to our patron-only podcast called... Bonus, Bonus <laughs> And we do want to remind you guys, we do have tickets for Board Game Design Conference, the conference that we ran a while back. Yeah. It is still online. You can still get access to all the videos from mm -hmm. industry professionals who will teach you about very important aspects of board game design. Mm -hmm. You can check it out at Board Game Design Conference 
Reinerneedles.com. You can get the videos there for just $10. You'll get access to everything, including Reiner Nezia's talk, Martin Wallace's talk, and a bunch of other industry professionals. Check it out at BoardGameDesignConference.com. Yeah. And thank you and for I'm listening. Talking about Packs Unplugged, we're also going to be Ooh, doing two more? learn and play sessions. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, we don't forget about that. Yep. Saturday, December second. What at are the games? Thirty. We'll be doing Whale to Look, and at two p.m. Tesseract. Okay, Whale to Look. Whale. <laughs> whale. Whale to Look. <laughs> are we harvesting whale oil? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know I yet. Think we're whale uh, I think they're whale spotting. I think they're, they're yes. trying to whale go. Oh! Okay. Like a, a little whale toys. Good. Now, good. so not whale hunting. It's good. Not, no. it's not down like that. So whether it's whale <laughs> to look, not whale to hunt. Hundred years okay. ago, maybe, whale but not now. <laughs> Love it. Okay, we hope to see you there, and thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank Our next game up this week is Expeditions, designed by Jamie Stegmeyer, published by Stonemeyer Games in 2023. Number of players one to five, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 60 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows what seems to be an old landscape painting of several people and a bear with a backpack gathering towards a giant crippled wooden mech. Inside, we discover five large mech miniatures and base snaps, five mech mats, 20 location tiles, 123 uniquely illustrated and designed cards, 50 worker meeples, a cloth bago filled with 36 silkscreen printed corruption tiles, a robust Otama solo, solo mode with 14 decision cards, 5 progress cards, a glory card, and a player aid, and a really nice insert designed to hold sleeved cards with a lid and an easy setup tray. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game was lean or meteor, get it? (laughs) Evan, explain the rules. Uh, It was great, Celeste. (laughs) Very proud of you. Who's Evan? Evan wrote it. Uh, I wrote it. One of my my finer moments. All right. Expeditions. This is the sequel to Scythe. It takes place in Siberia, where a massive meteorite crashed near the Tugunska River, awakening ancient corruption. Players are explorers, traveling in giant mechanical vehicles called mechs, looking to recruit assistance to help you explore and cover new areas, collect powerful items, and all the while clearing out the spreading corruption, all in an effort to become the wealthiest player by the end of the game. Players will complete quests using three actions, move, play and gather. When starting around fresh, a player can do all three in their turn. On subsequent turns, they'll only going to be allowed to do two of the three actions until they rest again. Play car- You play your cards in order to gain power, guile, and unique worker abilities. You move your mech to mysterious locations and gain cards found among the tiles. You use workers, items, meteorites, and quests to enhance your mech, and you use power and guile to vanquish corruption. The player with, with the most wealth at the end of the game is the winner, a meteoric rise to power and fame. <laughs> Man, meteors get blamed for everything, don't they? <laughs> well, they, you know, they're kind of... Cool, mysterious well, space objects. You yeah, know, the, and, you know, <laughs> important, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's way, true, you know. it's true. 
The way life is a bunch of meteors. So. <laughs> well, we played this game live in person at Ed's, and yeah. it was uh, something to see, all of these components <laughs> yeah. and art. What did you think of it? The the art reminds me, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this artist before, but like they buy old canvases with like old landscapes like on the water or whatever and then they paint in stuff like, you know, if it's in if it's in a person sleeping in bed, they'll paint like Freddy Krueger standing over the bed right. or like if it's in the ocean, jaws will be jumping up to like destroy the boat or something like that. It reminds me that kind of jarring like juxtaposition of art on the on the cover of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a definitely a style there where it looks like an old timey, like you clearly a period piece in a way that like it, it's supposed to be the nineteen twenties mm-hmm. in style and flavor, but then you see a mysterious alien artifact or a <laughs> mech and I'm like Huh, yeah. I don't remember no robot mechs in the nineteen twenties. I think I would have remembered that. <laughs> well, you know, wasn't wasn't in the yeah. history book? Uh, if anyone's familiar with uh, Tales from the Loop, which is a um, mm, yeah. science fiction tabletop role-playing game, mm-hmm. the artwork is very much in that in yeah. that style. Very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it is, but also it's unique here. It is. Mm-hmm. It definitely has developed its own thing, and it is captured very strongly. I mean, you get mm-hmm. the feel of this style. It is not, it is very carefully thought out. Yeah. Uh, and and it definitely sets a scene. It really mm-hmm. does. It's and it's not mm-hmm. a scene that you see often in you know, it's like sort of post-apocalyptic, sort of steampunk, mm-hmm. definitely Russian or at least, you know, Eastern European. Mm-hmm. It's got all of those elements in there so clearly. Uh yeah. you know, in the in the art. It's it's quite well done. It's probably the most you know, thought through art collection I've seen for a mm. game. Yeah. The most yeah. cohesive thought, yeah. well thought out. I honestly think you could say to, at least to gamers anyway, like that's scythe style art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they know what you right. mean. Yeah. But then, then you take it to another level and you include these minis, the mini mechs. Right. In which wow. the detail the, the on there are really is cool. pretty exquisite. I mean, right down to the rivet bolts on the, on <laughs> yeah. the metal plates mm-hmm. of some of these things. Oh Yeah. And they're it, really it, unique. It, and they're big, <laughs> Yeah, because one of them's like a Viking ship that can be converted <laughs> into a mech. And like, uh, mm-hmm. okay, that's cool. Sure, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, one of them looks like a giant like burning oil barrel while another one's like spidery and tall and weird, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just very cool. It looks like a bunch of different cultures came up with their own mech style. Right, and that's the background of the story, right? A bunch of different scientists are trying to make their name at this meteor crash, and they all mm-hmm. come with their own gear. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that was very cool. And these minis are big, right? Really big. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of a juxtaposition. And they're yeah. just begging to be painted. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like jumbo shrimp. You got uh, giant minis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Mini. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you oh, got yeah. to get them over Giant to dark. <laughs> you got to get them over to Dark Mage Painting, Ed. We have a friend who oh, does yeah. painting of a lot of our minis, and mm-hmm. these minis deserve quality painting, which is beyond mm-hmm. what any of us can do. <laughs> oh my god, you're pretty good, Celeste. I am atrocious. <laughs> I don't yeah, have there's one hand. color involved. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just dip them. <laughs> you're gonna matte spray all of them. But yeah, but yeah shh, done. Well, there's also the, a super deluxe version of this, where super those deluxe. minis instead of being 
plastic or metal. Whoa. Oh, come on. I don't even know. Like, but metal That's you don't wild. paint. So I guess it's good in that regard. But I think you these paint metal. Well, yeah, but yeah, but that's a travesty. It's metal already. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Get a metal. Yeah. Metal. <laughs> okay, so the gameplay. Oh, we, yeah, we've game. got this beautiful oh, yeah. game. How mm-hmm. do we play it? Um, we're laying out hex tiles, Evan. Yeah, uh, hex. Oh, we love hex tiles. Hex, <laughs> hex. That is the shape of life, right down to the atomic scale. <laughs> um, so, Ed, you claim you make an out, you make a pretty bold claim here that the uh-huh. game mechanics are fairly straightforward. <laughs> for, for me, they are. I mean, uh-huh. obviously, I play for a lots genius, of games. They are, and but for the average yeah. person, for, for game uh, prodigy for, like yeah, myself, for someone yeah. who deciphers codes for a living. <laughs> when I'm comparing this to the original, this is a sequel to Scythe. And when I compare it to Scythe, it is clearly more straightforward, more streamlined. For that, there's um, just a couple of actions to do each turn. There's just a little bit of symbology on the tiles themselves. So you go <laughs> to the tile, it has a you know, it has a beautiful art on it, but there's a couple of symbols on it. And that tells you what you get to do if you bring your mech here. And that's the cool thing about that mech. It is your player piece. You're moving out. Yes. You're stomping all over uh-huh. the ground and flipping over <laughs> tiles. And I think the one thing that's a little bit different is there are cards in those empty spaces surrounded by tiles. And some of these cards will allow you to either take or use those cards. And that's how you build up your set of cards. And then the other thing you're doing is you have a hand of cards. And you play it. You get some power or guile. And if you have the proper meeple, you can activate a special ability. Mm, see, I, I, so I'll I'll partially agree and partially disagree with Ed. <laughs> I, I feel like on your turn, the thing that you do is pretty simple. Take some stuff from this place. But the path to achieve anything at all worthwhile is Ooh. really convoluted. It <laughs> is. You know. I'm- it is true. The actions are simple. However, I would say that the iconography is not intuitive. It There isn't a ton of it, but it's on your card and it's on the board and it and all the cards in front of you. So it adds up to a lot of iconography to navigate to try to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So that had my head spinning for most of the game. <laughs> yeah. And I can follow stuff pretty good. I'm not a bad multitasker, but this game was like, do this, then this, maybe that, then this, and that'll happen. And it was mm-hmm. just a lot of remembering what I had used, what I hadn't used already, what I could use, and how I could access it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. there is a rhythm to the game. Yeah. You have that hand of cards, there are different components you need to get. And I had the advantage of playing it once before we sat down because I wanted to be able to teach this mm. game. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I think you're going to need like a half a game to figure out what that rhythm is. Okay, I'm going to play these cards. They're going to allow me to do this. And then this leapfrog and this thing. And then I play this other thing. And okay, I, I got an engine here. And then like, you, you're kind of like, you're, you're oiling up the machine, getting those mm-hmm. gear pieces and to get the right gear mm-hmm. pieces in there. And it's like, okay, I play this. And then this will yeah. happen. And all that will happen. And it's like, yeah, this <laughs> so, is finally coming together until Mikey comes over and takes the thing I needed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you're telling me that basically this game hands you a violin and a, and a bow. And you know that if you pull the bow across the strings, it makes noise. But you're 
you're being mm-hmm. asked to play an entire song. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It is something like that, right? So there, there may be a rhythm. I certainly didn't find it mm-hmm. in playing this game once through. Uh, and that's by no means, I think people like Ed or people who are really into the deeper gaming and this, I think, qualifies, even though it is less deep than Scythe, um, hmm. it, it, maybe a lesson was learned there when you're playing Scythe, <laughs> um, but it's still quite complex and it does, it, it, it is great for the gamer who wants deep yeah. it's yeah. good for that um yeah. but you know for a lighter gamer it's going to take a while for you to get the hang of this game i think so yeah absolutely yeah i yeah, mean heck, never- just just figure out where to place your cards around your tableau because you have north south east and west and the, remembering what each of the four areas kind of do <laughs> you know that yeah. itself is a bit you know okay got to remember this and this is doing this don't put this card here you got to put it over mm-hmm. here and don't forget that you act you know the meteorite <laughs> on the bottom does these yeah. things oh gosh it is a lot to follow <laughs> yeah I, I always felt like there was i didn't have enough actions to achieve what i wanted to do but I did think it was kind of cool and clever to choose an action that you can't do each turn. You know, like there's three possible things to move, gather, and stuff like that. But like you couldn't do all three of them. So you had to decide which one to exclude. I, I kind of like that choice for. Well, or I guess it makes that, sense. Which you needed yeah. to do occasionally in order to get all your, your meeples and your action unactivated again. So mm-hmm. you do a reset, like, okay, I, I, I'm going to skip a turn in a way. But then mm-hmm. you can do, do all three again for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's important. Because, Oof. of course, as you're playing, like I said at the beginning, yes, you can do all three actions the first time. But then you're restricted to doing only two of them, in which mm-hmm. one of the three is always going to be blocked mm. out. And, so of course, painful. the next painful, thing you want yeah. to do is one of the things that is blocked out. Inevitably. Yes. Inevitably. And so there is a ton of frustration and um and also and also not a lot of turns what are there like eight turns or something yeah so when you get blocked out of one of the three actions for only eight turns it feels like you're getting cheated i mean it feels like you're just not so i mean if you i think if i was allowed to spend more time with the theme maybe i would have been more accepting of that but mm-hmm. i was so busy trying to figure out how to play the darn thing that i couldn't really sit with the theme mm-hmm. so that is another problem you know it's, it's unfortunate because this game is so incredibly theme heavy and so mm. rich in its uh description and portrayal of the theme that I would have really enjoyed being able to engage with it more, but I was just trying to figure out the, the, the how to do it. Yeah, I feel like I need to read like a book series about like people <laughs> yeah. living in this world, you know, to really bite into this theme more. But it seems like it has enough information there to even have a series of books. I don't know if it, there's anything out there like that, but in a way, it feels like it comes from uh, from other intellectual property because it's got so much rich art and style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess it doesn't. I, I don't know if there's maybe know. a graphic novel series that goes with this. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not sure. It, it does seem like this could uh, spill out to one of those. Yeah, it that should, would be yeah. something to look at for mm. sure. Because um, that, that's another fan base you could build on and maybe would would encourage more people to to stick with it, to engage with this um, with this theme. 
Um, one thing as a, a comparison to Scythe is that I felt there's a little bit less direct competition and more mm. of a race for discovery and race to gather those corruptions and the cards to build up your mech as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so this is more of a do-your-own-thing kind of game rather than... It little, it little like the, the original Scythe had more of a, a war component where you're yes, actually I remember that. fighting over stuff on the board, which might be more intuitive because you got like army pieces and mech and right. they're like, okay, I'm going to march over there and take your wood. Now, right, you don't yeah. really have that here. You're just <laughs> a race to exploration. Yeah, you have these giant, vicious-looking mechs that are just like, excuse me, can I go to this space over here, please? <laughs> 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 Maybe you're uh, flipping up the, uh, the, the escape hatch or whatever and waving to the other mech. On, <laughs> hey, how's it oh, yeah. going over there? Hey, What'd you find? Up? Oh, yeah, like Chewbacca yeah. when he rode the, 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 that at-at thing. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Hey guys. At the top. Hello. <laughs> okay, explorers. It is time to dig up or bury the scythe sequel expeditions. Oh, Ed. It says nineteen twenty plus above expeditions. Do you know anything about that, or is that just the time setting, the time period? That's the time setting to my. I mean, I think that's kind of like the world building that's a part of this. Yeah, I wonder what the 1920 means. Maybe there'll be mm. different eras later on. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ed, what did you think? Uh, I, well, I love the look and feel of this game as I did the original side. And I think I prefer the overall flow of this one. If it's a bit streamlined compared, but the different path to augment your mech and reach for the stars. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> dig this up full of glory. <laughs> Evan? Expeditions, it's not for beginners, that's for sure. Uh, there's a lot of symbology, interactivity, planning, and strategy that goes into this game. And while it might seem overwhelming to some, to the moderate to or advanced gamers, they're going to love this game of exploration and collection. Dig it up. Mike? The art was jarringly beautiful, I think I'd say. Um, uh, but the gameplay was a little bit tedious and convoluted to achieve anything you're looking to do. Um, I wouldn't say it was extremely confusing, just a little bit slow. Um, that being said, I did like the potential for some combos and chains that you can pull off in the game. And uh, I'll dig this up this time, but you better mm. watch your back, Scythe. Don't push it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm the first in line for a sweeping epic story, but Scythe's line of games feels like it overcomplicates its own quite unique setting. All the complex iconography and the multi-step circuitous paths to success make it to distance me too far from the theme um, and the flavor of the game. So I kind of hope in the future, I have to bury this one for me, but I kind of hope in the future they come up with a Scythe that is you know, more accessible for the light gamer who can engage more with the theme. Mm. All right. Uh, Which punk style, you call this punk, huh? All right. Which (laughs) punk style setting do you dig? Let us know. We are at which game first on social media. Our last game up this week is Balancing Aliens, designed by Dale Walton, published by... In International <laughs> 2003. You'll understand why we're laughing at that in a moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number of players, two to four, ages seven and up. Playtime, five to 15 minutes. All right, Mike, what's in this box? 
The cover of the box shows little bowling pin shaped wooden aliens minding their business on a precariously (laughs) balanced teetering spaceship shaped board. When we explore the inky depths of the box, we find a reversible alien spaceship board, an orange alien boss with rocker base, (laughs) 10 wooden aliens, a canvas bago, and a standard six-sided die. And that's what's in the box. (laughs) Super standard six-sided die. Yeah, very standard. Super standard. (laughs) The cheapest curve cut ever. (laughs) All right. Well, before we tell you if this game brought balance to the universe. Yeah. Evan, rock and wobble your way through the rules. (laughs) Balancing aliens is an alien placement game where you must place bowling pin-shaped aliens on a wobbly board without being the one who sends the table spinning out of balance. This is actually two (laughs) games in one. Balancing aliens is one of them, and the aliens dance is the other. (laughs) Aliens dance. All right, balancing aliens. Well, you can flip the board, Evan. Yes, I understand. One game (laughs) per per side. The board gets to be flipped. Two games in one. Flip the board. You're on a different game. Here it is, balancing aliens. The alien spaceship has developed a wobble, and the aliens must go out to fix it. Roll a die to determine which part of the board (laughs) you must place an alien. Now, then there's the aliens dance. The aliens are dancing rings around the ship, and the ship is starting to sway. Roll a die to determine which part of the board you must place the alien. (laughs) You know, two two different games with very similar rules to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, just uh, don't. Don't, uh, just don't tip the thing over. But Evan, I mean, one, of them, one side has pictures of dice and the other side doesn't. That's uh, true. They both have pictures of dice. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Numbers one through six in die form versus. Oh, right, right, right. right. Big dice well, and little the, dice. Yeah, the, right, the right. die on each line or sixth line on one board while the other one, the die, is represented in <laughs> quadrants. <laughs> I mean, can I say something about the technology here? Yes. The uh-huh. aliens are trying in space. The ship is wobbling, first of all. That's a problem. Wait, 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 wait. Did <laughs> Evan finish the rules? Oh, you didn't finish? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, all right. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Maybe it, maybe the rest of the rules will explain this thing. <laughs> See how long you can keep them from tipping over. And there's the rules. Okay. <laughs> now, Mike, you were okay. saying. <laughs> all right. It's in space and it has a wobble. These people have figured out how to traverse space in a yes. spaceship, but they have to go out on a ship that's somehow wobbling in space to fix it? Now, I mean, the right. alien it's, dance it's makes more sense to spinning, me. And no, yeah. the, the wobble is clearly essential to space travel. <laughs> well, I mean, if, you're, if fi- 1950s sci-fi is to be believed, a wobbling mm-hmm. saucer is how people fly through space. Okay, okay. It's, I mean... Okay, first off, let's talk about the look of this game before we get into the components. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. First, I was really impressed that Mm -hmm. somehow they took a bowling pin, a wooden bowling pin, little Mm -hmm. wooden bowling pin, and made it look like an alien by simply (laughs) painting two eyes and a line for a mouth. Yep, it's perfect. And it is unquestionably an alien. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Unquestionably. It it, it is kind of cool looking these little pin yes yeah, yeah. man yeah it has genius that. idea but like oh man just looking at this like i want to get a copy of this and repaint the figs the figs and the board to look more like an alien spaceship because yeah, they sure. could have used cool looking alien style numbers <sighs> yeah. and the thing could have been like silver with totally. green highlights or something but uh, it's yeah. just Mike, like man. you're 
You're talking about production value here, Mike. I know. And this paint, game, it's just paint. <laughs> I know. They already put wood in the box, but I this know. game is so clearly mm-hmm. a mass-produced pick it up at five below. It's mm. in a you know five below store. It's in a corrugated flip top box. Yeah, like yeah. you would like you would get <laughs> wiring equipment in or something. Yeah, that's right. right. It is not a board game box at all. And remember no. the publisher, Pin International. Yeah, they had a bunch of extra bowling pins, and they're like, "What are we gonna do with all these figs?" <laughs> yeah, they clearly made an extra game out of. Stuff they already use in the other game. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. A mini bowling game so, where they have the pin written over. Points for repurposing, no doubt about it. Right. Yeah. Or they can, you know, or they just came up with this entire company just for this one game and then sold it to the distributor out of the box, which is mm. a massive distributor of board games. Speaking of which, Apples <laughs> to Apples is an out-of-the-box yeah. game. Nice. So mm-hmm. so they are massive. So this mm-hmm. might might have been somebody's one off yep. um the designer uh dale walton no doubt delighted that he got picked <laughs> up by out of the box um mm-hmm. it's possible that it went that way but uh holy cow the way they <laughs> the way they produced this it was like mm-hmm. what are the cheapest what's the cheapest way we can put this thing together yeah get mm-hmm. it done um <laughs> and yet yeah and yet you know it's a wooden it's a wooden board and wood. wooden pieces. Yep, it's not yeah. it's not cardboard, okay? So we'll give them that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The printing, however, is so clearly super generic. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's black and white I mean, numbers. <laughs> but yeah, that that board is so basic. Whew. But I'll, now, I'll say this. Oh, go ahead, Celestia. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the it took some effort though, actually, to make this board function because like when you're play testing a game you can't just whip out this component and hope it works like they made this board adjustable so you can make it more or less tipsy yeah you know mm-hmm. so i'll give them credit for that like that's actually not an easy component to put into a box yeah and design it's probably mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. easy to design i mean it's yeah. a clever idea to come up with you know and there aren't that many tip games like this i mean there yeah. are some we played one with a pizza right and uh, yep you know I, i've seen some other kids games in my time but I don't know. Maybe we reviewed, I don't know, two other games in which balancing is the object here. Yeah. So, okay, I got to give them that. You know, you don't run across it every day. You don't. I like that you screw in one alien in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to watch everybody. To make, well, yeah, he's the the master alien, I guess. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to fly the ship, yeah. Right. And he represents the wobbling. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense Mm -hmm. because he's the actual (laughs) wobbly piece. Now, I have to say, when I played it with my kids, and yes, I played this game more than multiple times. I have played uh-huh. this game multiple oh, times. Oh, you're an expert. It it was a little tricky to screw in that center pin and get it to sit just right so mm-hmm. that it was just the mm-hmm. right amount of wobble. You're kind of on your own there. There's no precision. You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to figure it all out yourself. Yeah, by feel. Yeah. And yeah, we, had, just, we had a little they, trouble making it work. They have a method inside the box that you're supposed to hold one end down when you screw it in, and when you let go, it should wobble past the middle point or whatever. But you know, it's it's like you said, it's mostly just how it feels when you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. so now we've we've talked <laughs> about how you set the game up and what it looks like and feels like. Um, what about the play? <laughs> so, did we start with dancing aliens, Evan? I think uh, we did. did we? I, 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 I think I, we did. I think we did, sure. <clears throat> yeah. 
So now dancing aliens. <laughs> so listen, the, these two games are pretty similar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're blending together in my mind right now, honestly. Yeah. 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 It's just a it's a placement game. You're placing the tiles and hoping roll the thing a d six and placing the pins. You, hope you don't have to roll too close. To, you have to put things on the edge, which obviously the mm. closer to the center, less wobbly. Likely to tip. Yeah. yeah. But also less edge. points. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, less points, right? Um, well, so. one of them gave you the choice of how far out to the edge to put it, and you just had to it roll the quadrant that it ends up in. I think. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. That was balancing aliens. That was balancing one, aliens, yeah, no. which yeah. I thought was cool because you you have the choice to you know try to get more points. The other one was just like, well, I rolled the dice. Uh, this is gonna stink because you know. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, no, because well, you can put my... it in any quadrant, but you have to put it on that line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. So at mm-hmm. least you had the choice of quadrants. So basically, mm-hmm. one you get the choice of quadrants. The other you get the choice of lines. Mm-hmm. At least with the quadrants, yeah, you're stuck. If you roll a six, you got to figure out somewhere on the outer edge of this board to not tip it. Mm-hmm. But you could put it anywhere on the circle, you know. But mm-hmm. I would say tiny bit less choice there if there was a choice to begin with, Ed. Yeah, was yeah. there? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ed? <laughs> is there enough choice in this game uh, I mean, <laughs> to yeah, call it a game? Not, yeah, is this like I expeditions? Mean, you do get the choice of putting it on the board. I mean, and that that is a choice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're rolling dies and it does limit your choice. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, okay, that's the quadrant you got to put it on. But then, all right, well, I can choose to go to the center and try to. You know, it's less likely to be tipped if I go to the center. But if I go to the edge, I might. Uh, yeah, it might be too much, but maybe I can make it work. Right. There's right. A, there's like an interesting so it's a point. bit of a physical challenge. Yeah. Right. There's an interesting point yeah. in the game where. If all the aliens have been placed on the board, there's still more turns. Now you have to take an alien off the board and put it into the new place. So you have yeah. kind of like a double now they're dancing. difficult. Yeah, now they're dancing. <laughs> now they're dancing. Yeah. I mean, hey, all right. So uh, how exciting was the tip? I was it excited. Was, I liked yeah, it. It was fine. It yeah, was but fine. the tip is like you know when it all comes crashing down, it crashes like an inch. You know, so it yeah the pieces slide off the board. There isn't this cacophony of like this cinematic crash. Ah, uh, that happened you know, to me. Really exciting. <laughs> yeah, about the crash. Right. You lose yeah, points we're, when they we're fall. We're here off for the and... destruction. That's for sure. We're here for when it all comes crashing down. That's where the fun is. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So. um I have to say, with my kids, they thoroughly enjoyed the tipping and the trying to, you know, screw each other over with place <laughs> with placement uh-huh. and all that. So uh-huh. it was fun, fun for all when when they find when they got to play. So I'll say that the mm-hmm. younger you are, the more exciting this game is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury balancing aliens, Evan. Balancing aliens, yeah. It, well, it deserves points for originality. I think there are too few balancing game board games out there. And, you know, using the bowling pin-shaped pieces, that's unique. I've not seen that before. I don't... Is this really a game? <laughs> I, 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 I seriously felt no challenge whatsoever trying hmm. to play. Look, it was a decent attempt, but there's no there there. Bury it. <laughs> Mike? When you see a game like this on the shelf, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be lame. (laughs) 
<laughs> but like honestly, to me, it wasn't the case. Uh, the dice rolls dictated a lot of what you had to do, but there was a measure of excitement in testing your dexterity and watching things come crashing down. So I'm gonna dig it up, Ed. Um, yeah, this is an odd one. I'm kind of a little bit with Evan here. I don't really know sure how much game there actually is here, but it does have an interesting look and. In- Balancing challenges can be fun. So if you like stuff like Jenga, hey, this might be right up your alley. <laughs> but not really something I'm excited to bust out. <laughs> For that reason, I'll have to bury it, kind of. Well, this is one of those games Aunt Jane would buy your family at last minute for Christmas. But yeah. you know what, Aunt Jane? You got lucky this time. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, it was actually pretty enjoyable. I would say, based on the uniqueness of the pins and the board and all the excitement of putting it together and tipping it, dig it up. There you yeah. go. All right. 50 50. <laughs> well, which balancing games have you played? Like that pizza flip game. <laughs> Let us know. We are at which game first on social media. Hang on. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. And we look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you would like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes for just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. And you will get access to our patron-only podcast called Bonus Points. Join us on our Discord chat. Which game first on all social media? Happy gaming explorers. Oh, those quirky quarks are so quirky quirky. <laughs> those aliens are going bowling. Ah! Blokdar, you must climb out onto the wing and fix our wobbling spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> but now it is time to dance. It is time to dance. We've succeeded. We've repaired the ship. <laughs>